Have you ever thought about volunteering here at Cambridge 105 Radio? I'm Lucy Malazzo, and five years ago, I did just that. I wanted to learn about radio and kind of thought I could help out behind the scenes. Since then, I've read the news, have woken up to a very early alarm for Cambridge breakfast and recorded promos like this one. Right now, Cambridge 105 Radio is looking for new volunteers to join the team. And if you fancy getting involved, visit cambridge105.co.uk slash volunteer. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another From the Terraces. Lots of football to talk about uh, this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can. All the usual ways, you can text us on 07919 That's 07919-070490 or studio at uk. if you've got anything to say about uh, United, uh, City, Histon or uh, City and United women as well. Anyone who was at the Abbey yesterday uh, will have seen quite a strange game, to be honest. Um, Burtonside, who's really made a very poor start of the season, um, uh, took us all the way at 4-3 in the end. A very, very odd one. Histon uh, went through to the next round of the FA Vars. Uh, I spoke to Lance after the game on Friday. We'll be listening to that later on. And three games to catch up on with Cambridge City. There was the uh, FA Extra Preliminary Round. There was a midweek game and there was a game uh, yesterday. Both Histon and City are in action again on Monday as well. So uh, we'll be talking to, uh, we talked to Robbie and I'll be playing that later on today. And uh, Cambridge City uh, won their opening game of the women's season. Uh, Cambridge United lost and Cambridge United are on their way as we speak uh, to Ashford to uh, play uh, their game today. City don't have one. Uh, we'll be joined by Matt as well, obviously, shortly to talk about uh, Cambridge United. But as I said, if you want to get in touch, studio at cambridge105.co.uk or 07919 are the ways in which you can do that. And we'll start, as we usually do, with uh, Cambridge United. So uh, hopefully we have Matt on the line. Matt, are you there? Hey, Tim. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Did you go yesterday? I was there yesterday, yeah. <laughs> what, what a strange game that was, honestly. It was so funny. We, 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 uh, I was chatting, catching up because it's the first time I've actually sat in my season ticket uh, slot for this season because uh, the kids have been coming with and we've been moving around the ground to sit together. Uh, so I was catching up with them and I was just chatting to the guy next door to me and, and he said, uh, he said, oh yeah, but it could be a really dangerous game. The one thing we need to do is make sure we start. And he got that far and the ball went in the net. <laughs> and it's like, oh, sorry, what did, I, what, what did I miss there? Well, that was just, I mean, okay, you, you, you've not switched on properly, but the worst possible start you could make a side against a side that you know we knew had the capacity to be very dangerous because they're in such a terrible position 
Yeah, it was uh, it was just one of those games yesterday, and obviously we'll we'll unpack as much of it as we possibly can in, in the time that we have. Um, but as you say, you know Burton are one of those teams that yeah they hadn't scored too many in recent games. Um, apart from I think you know they got four at Accrington and managed to to draw that game from the the clutches of victory. Um, so we knew that they they were going to be looking for something. Jimmy Ford Hasselbanks, you know, offered to resign as well because everybody's unhappy at the club. And when a team like Burton uh, are down the bottom and everything's going against them, and you know they're not playing particularly well or getting results, one thing that you don't want to do is concede the one of the earliest goals that I, I think I've seen for for a long, long time. And um, you know it, it just. Really, really set the the game at a level where you know, in fairness, you know, from both sets of fans, you know, if you're if you're a young fan or you know, sort of a really young one, and it's your first game or your first couple of games, you're thinking, well, this is fantastic, right? This is how football should be. And for us long-suffering fans, you know, that for first goal going in that early and you thought, you know, oh, Christ, if that's, a, if that's the standard that's we're going to see today, there's going to be a lot of issues here. And, you know, that, that was really sort of the, 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 you know, the level set for, for the rest of the game because, you know, while it was, you know, sort of end-to-end stuff and, uh, you know, there was loads of chances, you know, especially for us naturally. And we'll talk about that later, but... At times, some of the defending for both sides, it was absolutely dreadful yesterday. It was awful. It certainly was, and we will we will be talking about that in plenty of detail. I want to start, this is a bit unusual, I don't normally play um, the uh, away manager, um, but I just want to pick up on something you said, uh, because they, they happen at the same time often, and, and so I, I choose one or the other, uh, and the, the quality of this one isn't great. This is just the start of uh, uh, Jimmy Ford Hasselbank's uh, interview, and hopefully you'll be able to uh, hear it. Jimmy... It's difficult to know whether to laugh or cry, really, at times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's laugh. Okay, let's laugh. Terrific performance, but nothing from it. I think, I think over the whole game, going forward, uh, commitment, fighting spirit, uh, all those things, you know, uh, was actually second to none. So you see players that really care, yeah? But we're getting punished with little mistakes. And the little mistakes are costing us, you know, um, and we're getting, we're getting punished. And, and, and his demeanour at it, if we go back to, you mentioned that obviously he offered to resign. Um, it, it, must, it must be difficult now because we were chatting about it after the game. Where do you go from you've just offered to resign? having lost uh, you know everything so far this season and and as you say they were 2-0 up and then I think even 3-0 up at one stage against Accrington and uh, and threw that game away um the first goal goes in before anyone's really taken a breath and then someone has a meltdown the most ridiculous sending off you're ever going to see an innocuous challenge everyone's moved on and we're all looking to see what's going on and then there's a commotion on the uh, touchline and you know he's kicked dunk literally in front of the fourth official and you kind of as a manager you must wonder you know why what 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 on earth so early in a game that we were already up 
and we're in such a precarious position, why would you even begin to think to do that? So, you know, does that leave... You know, I was half expecting to wake up this morning to either Jimmy von Hasselbank actually having resigned properly or for the club to have parted company with uh, with him on uh, a mutual understanding, whatever they call it. You know, it, it, has he got a future there, do you think? Um, I, uh, you know, I think it's a tough one because... Uh, I didn't see the red card, so I didn't see the challenge, so I can't comment on that. Um, you, you've been in the main stand, you probably did see it, Tim, so you know, you have the, more of them. The, the interesting thing is that we didn't see it because we kind of, because it, it was just a tackle and we, we, we were just looking for what happens next, but it, obviously it was right in front of the fourth official. The fourth official immediately um, obviously radioed to the referee and, 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 and dragged him across, and he was in no doubt uh, looking at his, 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 what he was saying to the referee. Uh, and their press officer looked at it uh, on the uh, replay at half time, and he had absolutely no complaints he said it was just stupid okay. and you know it was a definite red card offence oh, well, I mean if, if, if Burton have come out and said it's a red card as well then yeah then there's, there's no complaints about it and um, I, I think for, for Jimmy and for Burton you know I think he you know the little clip that you did have there probably summed up you know Burton's game yesterday I, you know I thought going forward they were they were very very good they were very bright and, you know, the number nine, we absolutely didn't deal with uh, throughout the game at all. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have I'd love to have that number nine in our team, actually, because he's quick, he's strong, he wins headers in the air, you know, and he puts himself about. And, you know, he, he gets a booking as well. He got booked, I think. He's probably lucky to stay on the pitch at times, um, in fairness. So, and, you know, the, the commitment, as he says, the commitment was there going forward and you know you look at a lot of the fouls that they made and they had quite a few yellow cards as well as the red card and you know it wasn't a case of that they weren't trying as he says because they they, they scored three times you know they took the lead three times the problem is as he, as he said and it, it was the same for for us as well is you know they've they've made mistakes or not challenge the ball enough, you know, just like we didn't. And and they've been punished. But instead, you know, the the one really excellent piece of play for, for the fourth goal, and that's not to say it was the only excellent piece of play from us because there was plenty during the, during the day. But the one thing that really sort of clicked into gear was the fourth goal and you know Liam O'Neill well and we all I even I said it and and uh, my friend you know Lynchy he said it as well as soon as uh, O'Neill came on oh he'll score a long ranger from here and he did exactly what we said he would do so you know but it, it was a brilliant piece of, of football that led to it and as I say it was the one that that's you know stuck most in the minds of most people and uh, as I say the ball went in the back of the net you know the other bit is the other part is obviously uh, Sam Smith's hat-trick goal uh, from a Liam O'Neill pass which was an excellent pass as well so but it was it was just scruffy at times from both sides so many defensive mistakes involved in in a lot of the goals too and um you know, for for Jimmy, I think it, it would be a shame. But when you go three goals up and you're down to ten men and you don't really shut the game down, um, which they should have done, they should have made life really, really difficult for us. But they were still a little bit open. I, I think something's got to happen one way or the other. Do they back him in the, you know, in the last week of the window to get him some players in to turn it around? 
or just you know does the change of manager and a fresh approach uh, is is the way forward for Burton because you know no, nothing's going for him. You know you can't you can't be in the lead in two games. You know for you know three times and then throw away and you know come away with one point or or lose the game completely. Yeah, and it, I mean it, it, it's interesting. I, you, I don't I don't know the the ins and outs of why he made the statement. Whether he's just trying to be honest and open, or whether he was trying to force you know force something from the club, or I, I, you know I don't know what it was. But it was kind of uh, if if I was his PA, I'd be calling it a very ill-advised thing to say because unfortunately it does dig you into a big hole. And I think from what we saw yesterday, and interestingly, I just noticed before I came on on the uh, uh, Facebook. Page. There's a Burton fan who didn't see the game. Uh, asked, you know, okay, it's a, a friendly, friendly question, but a real question. You know, what did you think of the way we played? And and to be fair, the Cambridge fans have come out and you know said, no, you, you know, you you tried, you tried, you tried. You never, you know, you never gave put her heads down when the when you went down to ten men when you when you kept we kept equalising against you, and you should do all right. And I think from what I saw yesterday, it's surprising that they are where they are. Apart from the fact that, like us, you know, when you make mistakes against any club, even if the other side are also making mistakes, you're going to find it difficult. It's literally who makes the fewest mistakes is the person that's going to win the game. So it, it would be sad to see him go, but you kind of wonder whether he's just marched himself into a bit of a corner on that one. But uh, onwards to oh, the mistakes. <laughs> Um, and I, you know, I hate to do this because you know the, the one person who you've been able to point to, um, you know, for for a, an awful long time as being an absolute rock, has been Dimitrov, and then Portsmouth, bit shaky, bit wobbly, and uh, probably you know should have should have stopped two of them. Should never been in the position of conceding so many goals, and one of them was probably definitely his fault. Um, and then. You know, the one... The one try again? Oh, sorry, my phone is talking to me in the background. I don't know why it does that. Um, it's okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, I completely lost it then. Um, it is, you know, it, you, you, you're looking to clear the ball. You're faffing around at the back. We this is, we got caught on the press uh, at, Portsmouth, at the Portsmouth game. And, you know, he gets caught in possession and uh, bounces it off into the goal. And you just, you know, you could see instantly that it hit him what happened. And if we'd lost... That would have been the defining moment of the game. He, he gets away with it because we're lucky. I mean, is this something we should be worried about, or is it just one of those things everybody goes through bad patches? Uh, I think with a goalkeeper, when those starts from those styles of mistakes and, and mistakes start creeping into your game, I think there is a cause for a concern. Um, you know, we, we spoke about the Portsmouth game and. As you say, you know, um, a minimum of one, you know, I put three, at, at, you know, at his feet uh, against Portsmouth. I think he was at fault for three out of the four goals. Um, yesterday, uh, you know, the, the first goal is, is, is just a mess from absolutely everybody from Ocadina to, um, you know, to Mitoff and, and everybody, like, you know, the whole defence should take the blame for the first goal. The second goal, the whole of our team should take the blame for because to allow a player from a corner to have a free header, um, when especially when they're down to 10 men, you know, and there's, there's you know, not even nine people in the box at the time, so I think they left one or two back at, at the corners as well. So there's only seven in the box and there's all of our players back 
and we still managed to give away a free header um, is completely inexcusable. And, you know, they should all be practicing corners tomorrow morning uh, without foul. And then the third one, as you say, and I, and I think it's an indictment of what we at times tried to do very badly yesterday. Um, and that was just to move the ball around the back. Now, I'm all for moving around the ball around the back. But we're moving it quickly when we're trying to pull them out of position and pull them out of shape. Um, one of our things that I think we failed at yesterday, and uh, you know, I think you know, not just the players, it's not just the players, but it's the the coaching staff as well that need to set that quicker tempo when you're playing ten men. Um, is you know, you need to get that ball moving. You need to get that ball moving quickly from from the back line, and that's that's the five of them. You know, not just not just Jimmy, but you know the other four defenders as well. And it's something that we were very very lax at yesterday, and and it goes into the midfield too as well. Well, you know, with Paul Digby, who I thought had a, a poor game, and Adam May, who, who didn't have the best game either. But you know, we just we just didn't move it fast enough. And as you say, you know, they they were trying to press us. And we, we spoke about the, the the Burton number nine, who, as I say, I thought he was very good yesterday. And it, and he's, that's what he's done. He's gone and pressed the ball high up because he's the only one there to go and press it. And it's not hard for for Dimmy, you know. Like I don't, I can't understand what what he's doing for the third goal because you just you kick the ball out for a throw, you, t- you kick the ball out the corner. You can't miss the player in front of you. You know he's not running at a zigzag or anything. He's running directly at you. Um, in fact, you could just lay the ball off to anybody. Um, it, it's just poor. It's just poor, poor play from the goalkeeper. And as I say, you know, I, I, I've put three at his door against Portsmouth, you know, that one was definitely his fault again. And it's, you know, in the space of three league games that he's made, you know, four mistakes for me. Now, it's not it's not good enough now. Is there something going on off the field in terms of it? Is somebody sniffing around him? Is the agent touting him out a little bit? We don't know. And obviously we'll find out at the end of this week about, about that and some of the other players' futures. Um, but if it is happening, you know, somebody's got to sit down and speak to said agent and, and the player and go, look, you're our player until we receive uh, an acceptable bid. And uh, you need to start putting in performances because if, you, if you're not going to put the, the performances that you have done, you know, last season and, and the season before for you to get your, your, your attention and people to be looking at you, they're not going to be looking at you for very long. You know, you'll be a forgotten thought. It's football. It's a cutthroat business and somebody else from another team will come into better form and perform more consistently. And uh, there'll be, uh, you know, clubs will be looking at him more than what they might with, with Dimmy. So, you know, it is a cause of concern. Obviously, he's the number one and, you know, Will Mannion yeah, probably hasn't done enough for, for now to challenge him properly. And we don't know about the third goalkeeper because... You know, I don't even know if he's even played a game for us yet competitively. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a fact of the matter that, you know, I think Jimmy just needs to have a little quiet word. I think he just needs to go back and have a look at the a couple of the games and, you know, just get himself back into it. You know, he, he at, you know, at the ball at his feet, it's not that bad. You know, shot stopping is his best part of the game. And, you know, his crossing has always been weak anyway. That's why, I've you know, at times I nickname him Dracula because he's scared of crosses. So, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I think they just need to go back and look at it. The coaching staff need to get him in and, and just try and sort it out because, you know, he is a lot, lot better than that. It's a very 
rare mistake. In fact, you know, it's one of those mistakes that he hasn't made. You know, it's the first time in God knows how long that he's actually kicked the ball at the strike and it's gone in from any Cambridge United goalkeeper. So, um, you know, it's something that's avoidable and they just need to go back on Monday or Tuesday, whatever they're doing, and uh, just look at the, the game again and just say, well, this is what you've got to do in this position. And uh, hopefully he'll... Uh, He'll iron it out, yeah, and uh, go on and have a you know a better season than what he probably is having now. And as you say, there's an irony if if this is caused, and this is complete speculation, but if this is caused by you know his head being turned by potential offers that that uh, his agent is telling him are coming in, uh, that performance yesterday will do it. You know, will, will not do him any favours, and and it could end any worry about him actually moving on. And as I say, we don't we don't know whether that's what was actually happening, but uh, yeah, and I, I'll give it. You know, at the moment, I'll I'll give him a free pass on it because you know every keeper makes you know horrendous mistake from time to time and as long as it is from time to time but as you say the worrying thing is it's two games in a row now where you know you can hold him responsible specifically for goals um, and you know if that carries on then obviously you know the last thing you want is a goalkeeper that's making errors because it's going to just give goals away the interesting thing is what they'll do with the uh, the Papa John's trophy on Tuesday whether they'll whether they'll give him that chance to just get a little bit of extra um, uh, match time in without the pressure of a league game or whether they'll rest him which I think they probably will in the end um, and you know hopefully you know Lincoln will be a better move for him but it, it's certainly interesting as to as to what they do and I think you know y- your summary of the goals was, was spot on is that every one of them somebody or everybody was blamed I mean the, the woeful defending on that corner and y- y- you may you, you said let go down to the pit go down to the training ground and practice Surely they should. This is what I don't understand about a team that's very poor at defending set pieces, and at the moment we are. Is it's the and especially a corner because you know where that ball's coming from every time. It's not like a free kick which will come from different parts of the pitch. The corner comes from the corner, and it has to be the easiest thing in the world to be strong at defending. Okay, it doesn't mean you're not going to concede, but you've. You can't give a you can't give a free header to any team, let alone you know when they've got a front line that you know there wasn't a bad front line, uh, and you know gift them a goal like that. It, it just doesn't make any sense. But it, it is what it is, and at the end of the day, the records will show a four-three win, um, and nobody will care what happened. And we can argue about it, and we can you know we can look at whether it's a you know ha- how much of a disaster it is. But you can also look at the uh, league table and see six games in, ten points, uh, seventh position. Uh, who wouldn't have taken that after six games? So you know it, it, it is what it is, but we just have to move on. Um, and of course, uh, it, you'll be really excited because this week it does mark the start of the Papa John's Trophy. I know you're an avid follower, <laughs> an avid follower for that one. The, the, the great and mighty Arsenal coming to the stadium. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I I've got nothing against it, but it does, you know, it doesn't have the cachet of anything like a really important game. But I know that. My 
Mark takes it seriously. Mark takes it seriously for a number of reasons. It gives him a chance to try out different teams. He's, he's got to play, I think, six of the team that started Saturday, but he can then experiment a little bit and give game time to people, which is really interesting. With Okunabire, when we saw him come on and he just showed bl- glimpses of what he might do with um, you know Jana and others getting starting games and getting plenty of game time in there and just a, a really exciting way to see what we've got coming up. And of course, the revenue from it—you know—you can't you can't sniff at the revenue, uh, whatever you think of the con- the competition. But I know you won't be there, and I know you're not particularly interested. But uh, Arsenal under twenty ones at the Abbey, you would hope that they would bring a strong side. Yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those uh, types. I mean, it is the end of the summer holidays, and just after a bank holiday, so a lot of the. The young, you know, youngsters will be going back to school Thursday or Friday, so they might see Arsenal one the twenty ones turning up at the Abbey, and you know, hope to see a, a potential Arsenal star of the future, or you know, a potential uh, one that's on the verge of of the first team squad, maybe making the bench that will, you know, will turn up on on Tuesday. As you say, you know, I'm a great fan of it. I'm so great that I won't even you know, look at the score or, or anything. So I might look at the team just to see who, who's playing for us and then that's about the only thing I'll do for the for the rest of the evening. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for for us, as you say, Mark's got to play six of the players that were involved in, in the game on Saturday. So there's a, there's a couple of them. Um, I think, you know, there'll definitely be plenty of changes, but uh, there'll be, you know, a couple that will have to stay in for for the sake of it. Um, but I expect, you know, I, wholesale changes. I expect people, you know, like Greg, Greg Taylor will come in. As uh, you know, Ibsen Rossi will come in. Who, you know, for for two headers yesterday, I thought was very good for the the two headers and the two minutes that he, he had. Um, I think you know there, there'll be a few others. I think Paul Digby might play because I think he he owes a uh, better performance than what he gave on Saturday, and that will give him a chance. Um, you know, I think it's you know Liam O'Neill will probably play, and uh, you have to say on his uh, cameo yesterday, you know, deservedly so. And then it's just who who do you play up front, and who do you give a rest? So I think Psycho Jana will, will hopefully come in and get some minutes. Jack Lancaster, I thought, came on and did well as well. You know, I'd like to see him start and start a little bit more, in fact. And, um, you know, as you say, we've got the uh, the Okinbire, uh lad to, who came in sort of late and has been out for a little while. You know, obviously he won't play 90 minutes because he's definitely not ready for that. But you'd like to see a little, you know, sort of half an hour, 20-minute cameo from him to get some, some match fitness into his legs. So, um, yeah, so the team lineup will be interesting, and then that'll be the only interest I show because then I'll turn off, and then you can tell me what happens next Sunday, Tim, and how it went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know we are getting dangerous, dangerously close to the territory where Liam O'Neill is starting to look uh, good enough, so that you're going to have to talk about him in glowing terms eventually this year. That, but uh, there you go. You're probably not for this game because you won't have you won't have seen it as you said. Uh, it's a busy September. We've got uh, Lincoln uh, back in the league on Saturday at the Abbey. Then a game which. Given last, given the last game we had against Ipswich at Portman Road, everyone will be looking forward to that. Uh, you rated it as one of the uh, games of the season. Then it's midweek to Cheltenham. Thanks very much, the FA. And then it's a home game against Barnsley and then finish off with two away games, Northampton on a Tuesday, which at least isn't too far to go to in the Papa John's Trophy. Um, you know, one thing they could do to make it better is actually give pizza out at 
half time then people might go just to get some free pizza but uh, and then a nice uh, a nice away day uh, up to the uh, seaside at Morecambe uh, at the end of September so a, a, a busy month um, and uh, with two of those being the uh, Papa John's trophy games then uh, hopefully we'll see you know we'll see a lot of some of these players that at the moment haven't for whatever reason had much of a chance uh, to show anything as you know Ibsen Robson I think you're right he, t- two headers is all he did but he did them exactly you know he did exactly what he needed to do and has looked good when he's come on Oknabire I think the way he came on um, in a previous game to this one uh, I can't remember was it which, which game it was but again he looked he looked like a player that uh, showed just glimpses of what he can potentially do. And Jana, when he started the uh, cup game, um, you know, again, he he he's he's very inventive, he's very creative, and uh, looks to be uh, looks to be a good one. So I think we'll see a little bit more about it. Um, but uh, at the moment, uh, you know, seventh in the table, six as I say, ten points, which is a fifth of what we got last, or just under a fifth of what we got last time, just six games in, um, is is really probably as good as start as we could expect to see just sitting outside of that those playoff places and the next few games are obviously going to tell um you know where we get from you know where we get from there but uh, hopefully uh, best foot forward and we continue to move on matt thanks very much for uh, joining us we shall uh, talk to you again next week cheers take care mate Bye. cheers there we go I'll fade him down rather than me. Um, just to finish, though, I, I'll just play the uh, uh, Mark Bonner's uh, post-match comments um, that we got from uh, yesterday. This is what he had to say about the game. Or it will be... Why the, that button didn't even work, then? Let's try that one again. Uh, let's press the button. Mark, I'm not quite sure where to start with that one. It was an utterly extraordinary game. Safe to say your side have shown huge character to come out with the three points. Yeah, and in moments, really good quality as well. I thought some of our attacking play was good. Some of the goals we scored were excellent. Um, we made it hard for ourselves in certain moments, obviously, against a team that can't attack well, play with a direct threat or a constant threat on set plays. Um, and we didn't deal with that in a few moments that, that allowed the game to uh, get away from us and become more difficult every time. But what we did is we always hung in there and we... Um, we were, our reaction to every moment that went against us was really good and we were able to see the game out well. I think we deserved the win um, over the balance of 90 minutes against a tough team that are fighting and scrapping for things. But um, I thought some of our attacking play at times was excellent. And it's never easy when you're behind a few times and you're playing against 10. It, it, it sounds easy, but it isn't. Um, and I thought we created a good number of chances and delighted with the result in the end. First half, not what anyone expected the opening eight or nine minutes. Obviously, the goal after 14 seconds and then the red card. How important... Is it, and how difficult is it to get your messages across in terms of making sure your team stay grounded and concentrate on their own game? Well, to be honest, there's not, there's not worth saying anything. But 15 seconds into a game that we prepared for, that wasn't the start we planned for. In fact, it was the complete opposite. To the, we, we planned for that moment, but, but obviously executing it differently to that. Um, so that they get, a, they get a, a foot up, really, in the game so early on. But we just knew that we'd have the ball and, and the, the sending off obviously changes the game massively. Um, it's not something we've done very often, play against 10, certainly for that long period of time. So that was a different challenge and we had to try and find different ways of attacking and exploiting the space. You know, in the first half, they'd go into a back six quite often. So we had to find some different ways of trying to create a chance. But we did that. I thought the goals that we scored were excellent and off of moves and patterns that perhaps we wouldn't normally go. And we were asking players to go in positions and do things we wouldn't normally. Um, so I thought they handled the in-game stuff great. And every moment that we gave them and gave them a chance, it's, it's three of the worst goals we're going to see conceded for us. But 
what we did is we responded really well. Um, and I think the analysis of the moments that could be better is probably for another day. Because in the end, if you win 4-3, you're behind three times and you've got your third win on the spin at home in the league. Um, and a lad scores a hat-trick and we, we have as much good attacking play as we did in that game. I, I think that's worth the headlines a lot more. In terms of uh, just a, a final one on the first half, obviously you get yourself the equaliser, then you let them back in and their set pieces cause problems all afternoon really, but frustrating going in at the break behind after having done a lot of work. Yeah, well, we got ourselves back in and obviously we, 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 the equalising goal was excellent, really well-worked goal. Um, and then you think, right, go on then, go in ahead at half-time, really turn the screw on them and they managed to get three or four set plays. Little moments of momentum where we give them a chance to turn the screw on us and we didn't manage a little period very well. Turns into a moment where they can throw the ball in the box, put a corner in the box and we know they're a real threat on them. Um, that is a major, major part of their game and we haven't seen that out well at all in the second goal. So to go behind was frustrating. But I think we were in at half-time thinking, right, we can win this game. We can win this game if we do things properly, if we do what's supposed to do. Um, great shout from Gary to change to 4-4-2 at half-time. Sam was a real threat as a, as a second striker. It needed that really to, to get an extra attacking player higher up the pitch. There wasn't a lot of space for a number 10 to try and manipulate the ball through there. We had two or three other really key coaching points that we wanted the team to, to execute in the attacking play and they did it brilliantly. And then the impact of the boys that came on the, on the pitch was, um, was absolutely outstanding. You know, I was going to say, the, the, the change in formation obviously made a bit of a difference, obviously getting the ball out wide, but to concede the goal as you did, obviously a, a mistake from Dimi, you must have been pulling your hair out on the touchline. Yeah, did that make it 3-2? Yeah, so um, a horrible moment for us. And, and it's a, such an easy moment that we, we should never allow to happen. Um, and sometimes you get drawn between, you can't go too too long too soon because that's what they want you to do and they're not giving you lots of space in behind them. So you've got to try and work a couple of passes to invite a press to then play beyond. But then you can very easily get caught into too many backwards passes, being too slow on the ball and then getting jumped on. So um, that was a moment we didn't execute well. But the, I think the temperament of the team today was brilliant because it, it was very easy to get flustered in, in a few of those situations today. But we managed to, to stay calm enough and execute a few situations really well. I thought that I actually thought our performance from that bit onwards was outstanding. Yeah, the third goal for, for, for Sam Smith, his hat-trick, first of his career, first here in, in used colours. and. The, the, the quality was right up there. Yeah, great finish. And, and to be fair, the run that he's made is something that we wanted to try and exploit in this game. But the, but it's such a narrow run into such a narrow position. There is zero margin for error on Liam's pass through. It's an outstanding pass, well weighted, that he gets right over the top. And Sam's connection on volleys is out is, is brilliant. He's, he's very, very good at that technique. He had one that nearly uh, roof of the net near side that he, he connected well with. He had a 1v1, which I think Garrett made a good save off in the second half. But I thought he took his goals really well, really instinctive. Um, and he'll deserve the headlines for scoring a hat-trick because I thought his performance was, was very good and when you need those moments of quality, he gave us them. But he wasn't alone. I, th I think the boys that came on were very good. I thought Adam carried a good threat with the ball at times and created things and I thought Shiloh was different class. I was going to say, Liam O'Neill, I mean, that's what you want from your substitute. He comes off, he has a, a big hand in the third goal and scores an absolute worldly to, to win the game for you. It was a, a brilliant strike. Yeah, he came on and did exactly what we needed. Give us the ball. Um, Digby was on a bit of a knife edge because he'd had a book and he'd made a foul. So we were very nervous about that. We didn't want the ref to level that up at 10 each. So we made sure that we uh, we, we made the change to enable us to do that. We, we were in possession a lot. Liam's a very good passer of the ball and we know that he can create moments. And um, he scored two now from outside the box at that end this season already. Excellent execution on his finish. But Jack Lancaster in that was, was, was great. He dodges people, cuts inside really well. Again, limited time on the pitch, but he's on three assists already this year. Um, 
So excellent impact from them. And then Zeno comes on, it's, it's two minutes, but he has to win two headers and he does it perfectly. It's exactly what you need. So look, I think the players are beginning to respect the whole squad and, and respect the fact that there's going to be some unhappy players when they don't start and when they do come off. But there has to be a healthy respect that, you know, if you're not starting, it's because someone good is. And if you're not, if you're coming off the pitch, you're being replaced by someone good. And I think that's a real strength of ours at the moment. And um, those boys made a, made a super impact. And, um, I, I think we um, I think we deserve to be in the winning team for sure. I mean, I had lots of good attacking moments, but it's certainly a, a, a topsy turvy game that I'm sure supporters probably enjoyed watching a little bit more than we did. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. So, uh, City, you know, it's been a busy week for them and it continues to be that way. Um, if you remember, last week they were just starting as we started to show their uh, uh, preliminary FA Cup pre-preliminary, pre-qualification, I can't remember what the round's called, but the bit before the actual uh, round's proper start. Um, and uh, uh, an interesting game there, a game they dominated, but unfortunately didn't win. And then uh, midweek football, and then uh, football again yesterday. I spoke to Robbie uh, this morning. This is what he had to say about uh, the week for uh, Cambridge City. Robbie, yeah, when we left you last, um, the game was at half time. You were playing last Sunday, starting uh, just as the show started, uh, an FA Cup uh, pre preliminary game against uh, Biggles Wade. And uh, we gave the score out at half time. You were one up. And I checked there, I was looking at their Twitter feed, and they were saying they were lucky still to be in the game. Um, and it was going to be uh, very, very difficult to turn it round. So uh, uh, I was surprised by the time I went to watch the uh, United women's game. Uh, I looked later and uh, it was a 3-2 loss, a, a, a painful goal in, in the fourth minute of extra time. Yeah, um, basically well summed up, to be honest. It was, um, you know, first half we were in complete control and, you know, I keep banging on to the lads about, you know, when you're in such control, you really do need to sort of punish these teams because you can't dominate for 90 minutes. You know, they're going to have a spell of some sorts during the second half. And it was really important that we tried to carry on that momentum from the first half because, you know, like they say, and we we were the same, you know, they're very lucky to still be in the game at 1-0, you know, but we just wanted to be a bit more clinical. And then we come out second half and we never got going. And, you know, we were sloppy in, in lots of things we did. Gave away a sloppy corner when we were defending and it was a sloppy goal to concede. Um, and then we had five minutes after the goal that where we, again, lost control and discipline and we brought Mikey Davis on. Um, we brought him on and he breathed fresh impetus into our attacks and, you know, he linked up very well with the boy at left back and the boy John Freeman in midfield and, and Sharman up front and we deservedly got that second goal um, and it looked like at that point we'd go on and win it 3-4-5-1 because we then took complete control and it was just a, a free goal in about the 87th, 88th minute where lads hit a diagonal and we've misread it and the lads looped across in off a deflection it's come back stick and you're two all with two minutes to go and at that point you sort of sit there and go well not ideal, but you'd like to think we've got probably a chance left in there. And then in the 95th minute, they score, you know, sloppy defending from Matty Miles. Who, you know, we've gone from a game where I say we've dominated probably 80% of that game. And 
created more clear-cut chances than we have in the three games we'd played previously. And so it was very disappointing to go out in such a manner. But, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, sloppiness crept in and we've paid the price for it. And, and no time to rest from it, really. You uh, had a busy week, all in all. Uh, a Wednesday game away at Corby, uh, always a difficult game, never a great place to uh, to go and a, a one-all draw from it. Like you say, it is a difficult place. There was just under 600 in there. And again, we, we were very disappointed. You know, if you said to me, you know, they'd won three on the bounce, they were joint top after three, I'd have probably taken a point before the game. But after the way we played, certainly for 75 minutes of that game, disappointed to come away with a point. You know, we had numerous chances first half to to not only sort of go in front, but to put the game to bed. Yeah, it, it was one of those where we'd gone in at half-time nil-nil and, you know, I spoke to both Midge and Theo and said, you can see what's going to happen here. You know, you can almost see what was going to happen. And it was, thankfully, we got a penalty. Uh, we convert that and we go on and look like we're going to win two or three with chances. And, and then again, we switch off for five, ten minutes. They put us under a bit of pressure. They go forward and we lose that little bit of concentration and composure. And then we don't stop across and the lad gets between two centre-offs and they score. And it's like, oh, here we go. But credit to us, you know, 15 minutes towards the end, we, again, we hit the bar, we we have good chances. And then right at the death, we have a, a one-on-one where, you know, we should do better. All in all, you know, a good point earned. You know, they've gone to Chase Town yesterday and drawn one all. So you look at it from that outset as a, as a great point. But for us, you know, we should have been coming away there with three points. Yeah, and you went on to uh, a home tie against St. Colford, and you said just before we started recording the call that uh, probably uh, very disappointed at that one. Yeah, just not very often I make excuses for, for our lads, but you know, playing on the Sunday, playing on the Wednesday, and then the Saturday, we've had little time, you know, and it's only 24 hours difference, I know, but hot weather yesterday, we just never turned up, Tim. And and that's the disappointing thing. We just lacked any type of energy. We looked sapped of everything in us. And, you know, we, we lost two more players at Corby to injury, Ben Nolan and John Freeman. You know, John's going to be out for the foreseeable, probably looking at six months. Um, he's got a broken ankle. So that's a disappointing one. And, and Ben Nolan, you know, he's opened up his knee ligaments. And, you know, we're not sure how long that's going to be. So, you know, we're already sort of six missing from four Wednesday. And then, we lose another two before yesterday's game. And we were, I say we're bare bones because the team that we put out, it was one short from that when and played so well at Corby. So it's not an excuse on that level. It just, we looked so drained of any energy, any real sort of pace and, and you know, quality. And all I'm sort of can put that down to is probably a tiredness because I know for one thing that these lads never, you know, they don't, throw the towel in they're not that group type of group they were just lacking in so many departments yesterday that we played against a team that were very bright they're very sharp on what they did very young team and we couldn't really lay a glove on them and that's the biggest disappointment you know we, we've got a run of games and include Sutton yesterday where we wanted to to be picking up maximum points and certainly being at home to them yesterday you know we wanted three points and it was such a disappointment to come away with nothing you know hopefully it's just a a one-off but the problem is is we go into a game just 24 hours later (laughs) you know and we've got that same group of players available so 
you know, we're hoping that they've all rested up well. We're hoping we'll we'll have one or two back, fingers crossed. <laughs> but we might have potentially lost another one. You know, Isaac Maynard fell awkwardly and it's either a broken hand or a, or something like his farm or, or there's some sort of issue with his hand. So, you know, we're hoping that's not too serious and he'll be able to, to be in the squad tomorrow. But yeah, it's um yeah, started off so well with no injuries. <laughs> yeah. And now we're we're literally picking up two a game. And you know, I sat there yesterday and looked on the first row in the stand and Joe Welsh, Ed Rolf, Taylor Parr, Connor Barnes, you know, all these lads that Ben Bradley, you know, they're all lads that play in the team. And mm-hmm. you know, when you put them in the team, <laughs> we're a better team, you know, and so it is difficult. Certainly yesterday was difficult because we wanted to be able to freshen things up and we weren't able to because of, you know, only having three subs. But look, it is what it is. And, you know, we'll we'll regroup for tomorrow and hopefully we can put out our, our strongest side, both mentally and physically, which will be a very tough game at Deerham. From the Terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, it's <laughs> the the, pro- the problem when you look at uh, Cambridge uh, City is is the amount of chances that they seem to be squandering um, is a constant theme, uh, and and that is not a good. I mean, it, it's great that they're making those chances, but unless they can start to convert them, they're rapidly gonna gonna struggle. Uh, if you look at them in the league without a win, three draws, one loss, uh, sitting in fourteenth place, Deerham, uh, which is the Monday game, is going to be a really interesting one because Deerham also haven't uh, won a game. They've drawn two, lost two, just a point behind, uh, and only one point. But well, joint joint points in the relegate that last relegation spot almost. So it's going to be a game that Robbie really, really will want to you know push very hard. But of course, if the tiredness was there um, before the week on the weekend, then it's not going to get any better for a Monday game, given the injuries as well. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, good luck to uh, Cambridge City. It'd be good to see them get that first win under the belt, and hopefully then following on from that much more. Um, we'll take a quick break and then. We'll come and talk about uh, Histon. Across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. Uh, we won't play all of that because uh, we are running short of time so uh, we'll just get straight into it um, it's actually not going to be a very long uh, section on uh, Histon um, so uh, I went down to watch the uh, the FA Vars because um, the that step five is are the top seeds in the FA Vars so they are expected to do well in there and uh, following the uh, disappointment of losing to Mildenhall in the uh, pre-preliminary FA Cup rounds um, they'll want to get a a good run in that not just because uh, it's a good showcase but more importantly the, the money's not bad for it I think if you go all the way to the final I think it's about 30,000 you get from it in the end but it soon starts to build up to be more than a thousand pounds once you get a per win um, once you get a little bit further in there I think the first round's probably about three or four hundred possibly as much as five hundred but even that is you know not to be sniffed at um, so uh, Histon went into that Friday night under lights at the bridge which is always a good place to be uh, been some very interesting games there, and this was this was no different. It was a, it was a really interesting one. the The ultimate result was a six two win for Histon, but I know Lance was frustrated at times uh, with the performance because at times they finished off everything, and and at other times they let opportunities go and and, and got sloppy and really 
probably didn't want to have given away two goals, although in the end it didn't make any difference. The great thing about it was a it was a 6-2 win. They move on. I think they played Dis in the next round. Uh, but more importantly, Reese Thorpe, who hasn't scored uh, yet in the uh, uh, in the league or the cup for Histon, uh, got a hat trick. So that will do him uh, a, a world of good in terms of uh, getting his confidence up for other games. So uh, they're playing tomorrow, um, March Town United. Which is going to be a really interesting one because it is against a team who are currently top of that league. So a great test for Histon following that win to see if they can start to make more of the chances uh, in the league and uh, against very strong opposition put up a uh, good result. So that's three o'clock at uh, the Bridge City, by the way, are playing away, um, obviously, because they play at the Bridge as well, so they can't both play there. So uh, the game on Monday, if you want to go and see a men's game, is uh, March Town United, Histon at the Bridge, 3 o'clock kickoff. Um, OK, on to the women's football. Um, both of them started their uh, uh, league to- league um, uh, programme for the season with different differing fortunes. Cambridge City uh, beat QPR. And uh, unfortunately, Cambridge United lost to Norwich. This is what uh, Darren Marjoram, uh, manager, head coach of Cambridge United Women, said uh, following uh, that game. Darren, we, uh, we we spoke after the game. Everything was set up. It was uh, just shy of 650 people in the sun at the Abbey Stadium. Um, but in the end, uh, a 4-1 loss. And I think... It, but it, it it was just one of those games where you didn't really ever seem to get into a, a, a side that uh, were playing fast attacking football. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I, I think you know we had spells, and that was and, and that was what it was, rather than cons- you know considerable pressure over a period of time. Um, the only thing you know, looking back on the game, if you look at this, you know we're one 0 up, um, and we started to play a little bit at that point. They they get a goal. Which comes from a mistake. You know, there's 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 mistakes really, both with the the attempted uh, block on the on the ball which deflected it, and then you know two runners both getting blindsided and getting away from from our defenders, which shouldn't happen. Um, but you know, then you look at before half time, Ruth's had had a fantastic header that the, the keepers made a brilliant save from um, to keep it a one all going into half time, and then two minutes into the second half, Sammy Edgar has headed over from from three yards. So, you know, either of those chances go in, it has the opportunity to change the game. So, look, we didn't didn't sustain a lot of pressure, but I think, you know, for me, what we've got to do is turn some of those moments into goals because had we have turned, you know, one of those two moments into goals, we're 2-1 up. And then in the second half, you know, things could be very different. You could change your style a little bit of how you want to play, Um, but we didn't get that opportunity to do that. And, And Norwich, you know, did deserve the win on the day and we've got to learn from that. And I guess you uh, went into training uh, in the middle of the week and you, you need to pick players up a little bit. You go through the mistakes and uh, and you go through where where you see the shortcomings, but you have to just move on. That's the way football is. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was quite, I was very pleased with the reaction from the players, to be honest. We spoke about it and we said, you know, we're not going to come in and, and it's not going to be a competition of spending the first half an hour of training. How miserable can we be? And, you know, what what can we... What can we do to show our displeasure at the result? Because that's not going to get us anywhere. It's about coming in, working hard from the start. You know, gives us the maximum opportunity to put it right. And the players reacted really well this week, Tuesday and Thursday. They've, they've really sort of been quite buoyant and stuck together. And they know that it is a process, although, you know, that is a cliche, but it's very true. And in our case, it's a process that we're on. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight. And we're working very hard to make sure that it, that it comes right. But um, yeah, I was, I was very pleased with the reaction. 
And it's a busy week this week. You start today uh, away at Ashford. You're just about to leave for that one. Uh, then you've got Cambridge City uh, in the midweek derby, uh, which is always a good game. And then you uh, have next week uh, QPR, who were uh, actually Cambridge City beat at the opening game of the season. Yeah, very busy week. Um, you know, three three games in eight days. Um, it's yeah for us at the moment that's that's quite tough because we don't have the the, the depth of squad we want. We're still trying to to recruit in and get more people in. I think you know, most teams would be the same. They'd still be looking, but um, you know that's going to stretch us a little bit. But I back the, the players we've got to do well, and it's, it's three very different games. Ashford today, um, a very good side promoted from Tier Five. One one. London Southeast region without without losing a game all season they drew two but one or the others um, athletic quick strong it's going to be a really tough test today and then obviously the derby on Wednesday will always be a battle will always be a very tough uh, a tough game to play um, and QPR you know Cambridge City beat them and that was a fantastic result for City um, and, and all that's going to do is spur QPR on to, to want to to you know come back from that and uh, and show that they're better than that so three three tough games but you know, our job isn't to worry about them. Our job is to worry about ourselves and be tough opponents ourselves. So that's that's the target that we set ourselves. It was indeed. So, uh, yeah, so that game, uh, the Ashford game, is uh, kicking off in, what, four minutes, six minutes, and it's away, so you're not going to be able to get to there if you aren't already there. Um, but uh, the midweek derby, if you've got, if you've got, uh, if you want to go and watch some football on uh, in, in the midweek, then uh, the City United, it's at the E, it's at uh, City's home ground of Eagerly Stadium. So uh, if you want to do that. There's football on Monday in the men's uh, game for Histon and then uh, Ely Stadium on Wednesday for the uh, derby should be good. Um, I did speak to Rob Coles uh, about their uh, win at uh, win against QPR again at Ely. So let's listen to what he had to say um, following that. Oh, well, I spoke to him this morning. Rob, opening game of the uh, season last week, you had uh, Queens Park Rangers uh, at uh, Ely um, and. Uh, a Grace Stanley hat trick gives you a four-two victory, two-nil up at half time. Um, you must be pleased with that. Yeah, I was really pleased. I mean, you sort of going into a new season, you don't really know what what teams have done in the off season, whether they brought players in or whatnot. So to sort of come into that first game of the season and get a win is we couldn't ask for more, really. Uh, and it's interesting because I, I remember last year uh, Q- QPR finished uh, well up in the table, um, although they had a, a slow start to the season. Um, it, it, you know, but uh, at this stage, obviously, you don't know what you don't know how the how as you say how they're going to play uh, for the rest of the season. But you said last week you can only concentrate on what you can do, and uh, and you can't really affect anything else. Uh, so putting the goals in and uh, getting points early on is uh, is a is a great way to start. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's so much about football is about momentum and taking that the the benefit, the, I suppose, the positives from that win and bringing them into our next game is is all we can really do, really. Uh, interesting you should mention momentum because uh, according to the fixture list, there isn't a game uh, this weekend. Uh, the next game you've got is the midweek uh, uh, game against Cambridge United. Uh, are you kind of, uh, does does it not upset you but it would you rather have had a game this weekend for that momentum yeah i think we would have done coming off the back of the uh i mean the qpr game i mean whilst the the scoreline flatters us a little bit we didn't play very well in certain spells of that game and i think there was there's been a lot of work in the on the training ground this week to try to correct what we uh what we didn't do well and uh it'd have been great to put that into practice today before going into the cambridge game on wednesday 
And uh, as I said, a hat trick for Grace Stanley. It gives great confidence, obviously, to uh, you know to do that at the right at the start of the season. Grace was a, a regular contributor uh, last season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I sort of said a couple of times, sort of in our when we did our sort of post match sort of interview thing for uh, Twitter and stuff like that, that she didn't have a great preseason. She didn't score through through preseason. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't spoken to her about it because I wasn't really overly concerned because she's been playing well. Um, but to come into the first game, get a hat trick. I mean, she's off to a flyer straight away. So hopefully long may that continue and uh, see her on the score sheet in games going forward. And as I said, it's uh, uh, Wednesday night, I think, the uh, uh, to the derby. Always a, yep. always a good game. Uh, um, both sides look forward to it and uh, normally draws a good-sized crowd as well. Yeah, I mean, we're really looking forward to it. I mean, we're trying, we're, we're really focusing on this season in terms of, listen, every game's a big game. You know, it's all about consistency. I mean, we're not trying to drum up the the derby aspect of it. We're playing the game, not the occasion is uh, is what we're sort of telling the girls. And, and it's business as usual for us. I mean, every game, whether it's Cambridge, whether it's QPR, whether it's Norwich, I mean, they're, they're games that we want to win. We want to go out there and perform well. And at the end of the day, we're going to be judged on the... Uh, on the consistency we've held throughout the season, not not beating certain teams. So it's another opportunity for us to go out there and improve, um, to build on the QPR game. And hopefully we can come away with three points. But it's going to be a tough game because there are no easy games, unfortunately. And will you be using today as a, as a training session to get the girls together or is it just a, a rest weekend? We, we were, we've had two two real tough training sessions this week uh, with, with no game Sunday. We've managed to be able to up it a little bit with no game on the Sunday. Uh, so we're giving them a rest today. Then we're going to be training on Tuesday before um, before Wednesday's game to go over some final preparations. So, yeah, giving the girls the bank holiday off and, um, yeah, just then get back, get back to business on Tuesday. Uh, getting back to business is indeed what it's all about. Um, thanks very much to everyone. That's all we've got time for uh, today. Uh, thanks to Matt for joining us. Thanks to Robbie, to Lance, uh, to Rob and to Darren. We shall uh, see you all again uh, next week. On next is uh, Tony Barnfield again. Um, stay on Cambridge 105 Radio. We'll see you next week. Thanks. me you've got a family and a business and you want to protect what's most important when the chips are down with Woodfine solicitors that's exactly what happens i got a bespoke legal service from a friendly expert team they really listened to what was going on and tailored their recommendations to my situation which was well that's another story anyway the best thing was that it all happened online a few simple clicks and i had my quote that freed up time to focus on everything else Get the help you need when you need it most. Visit woodfinds.co.uk or call Cambridge 411421. Woodfinds, cutting through the red tape. This is Cambridge 105 Radio and on the latest Cambridge film show. First on the table is horror maestro Jordan Peele's mysterious new terror, Nope. We then shift gears and examine how a life is best lived when a young woman is faced with greatly diverging possibilities and look both ways. The Singing Seamen Return in the sequel to the largely successful biopic of the largely successful band and Fisherman's Friends One and All. And we cap it all off with Netflix's action horror Day Shift. Listen now at cambridge105.co.uk.